Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one horrible shriek at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 27, which starts with uh, Smeagol finishing his line from yesterday. Smeagol wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, And then yelling. And then ends (laughs) with Smeagol grinning evilly at Sam. And Sam kind of giving him a look. And we'll get the rest of that look tomorrow. Yes. The the most important part of that look is right after this minute cut off. Well, I think that the... I don't know. I'm kind of sad that it got split up. Yeah, me too. Because the look Gollum gives him is like a ha-ha, I win sort of thing. Oh, yeah. It's just a devious little grin. Yeah. See so what are you gonna do? He called him a horrid fat hobbit that makes up nasty lies. He, you know, and he's a miserable maggot. Yes. Then he then he screamed like a cat hanging off a cat tree. <laughs> it's, ah! it's like, all right, Gollum, calm down. <laughs> calm down. He has to sell it. He does, it's true. He wipes blood off his head. Smeagol wouldn't hurt a fly. Ah! I thought that part of the, like, for the longest time, I thought that that was supposed to be a joke. Like, the blood on his head was, like, he squashed a fly when he was, like, hitting his face. And then he was just like, ah! (laughs) But it's from where (laughs) Sam clocked him in the face. Yeah, hit him with a cooking pot. Do you think that's cast iron? Because, like, that should do way more damage. Could be copper. Yeah. Thwack. It's got a ring to it. Yeah, but it's got more of a ring to it than a cast iron pan would. Yeah. Cast iron pan wouldn't, like, warble and it continue would be to make noise. solid. Yeah, it would just, just be... Just one hit from that. You'd be a cathartic dead. kathunk. Ha ha ha. Whoa, that's an old one. Right? Season one. <laughs> what up? Throwback Tuesday? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Tur- turn back Tuesday? Then it's, like, the same first sound, I guess. Yeah. TBT. But yeah, this uh, this this minute is just the the end of this little scuffle with Sam and, and Smeagol. Frodo stops him. We'll we'll be totally lost. Don't scare him away. Right. What are we we can't do this by ourselves. You need to trust me. <laughs> I need you on my side. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the exchange here between Frodo and Sam with the "I need you on my side" was done in pickups. Just that line. They mentioned the line, the line in particular, but I, I believe it's most of this scene was done in pickups. Most of their conversation, anyway, yeah, was, was done in pickups say, on the studio. It looks the same. There is a, a shot this week that I just wouldn't have been able to tell you without knowing that it's a blue screen shot. Mm. So, but we'll get. I think it's on Friday. We'll get there. So, so that was some of that was done in pickups. Also, this is the the beginning of this scene is where. The uh the Smeagol Deagle fight on the riverbank was initially like thought to be dropped in, like when they were moved when they moved it to this movie. That's the dream that Smeagol would have originally been waking up oh, from in this scene. Not the you you did it before you can do it again, and then there's like an extended flashback. 
it would have would have been right there. Like he would have been waking up out of that dream. It was like one of the ways they thought about uh, putting it in this movie. Mm. And then initially, that's kind of what they were gonna do. So then they had to bring uh, Andy Serkis back to the mocap studio to re uh, redo some of this performance and change the lines while he's asleep to change what they're doing with the dream. And instead of instead of dreaming about killing Deagle, he's dreaming about how he's gonna kill Frodo and Sam. Back. Yeah, it's just a note about the scene. Uh, my favorite moment in this scene is when Frodo calls Smeagol to him mm. and like the the way that Gollum like takes his hand and they start to walk away and leaves Sam standing there alone a little bit, I think is like some really good visual storytelling for what's to come in this movie. Yeah. Like symbolism. Yeah. Symbolism. <laughs> you know, just the growing divide. Kind of like yesterday. There's not a whole lot of new stuff to talk about yeah. because we've talked about this I relationship do, a lot. I do enjoy Smeagol going over the top and just screaming. Just at everything. Just screaming at everything. Just he's 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 clinging to that tree like a like a cat trying to hide behind <laughs> a table leg. He's just I can see you. <laughs> you know when Elliot's all hopped up on catnip? Yeah. And he does that thing. Yeah. He just he does his cursed meows. The cursed meows. That's what that's same energy. Like <laughs> Yeah, except instead of a high pitched sh- trilling shriek, Elliot sounds Sounds like a demon. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Not that deep, but like I don't yeah, understand. But when it's like two thirty in the morning, <laughs> you just hear that somewhere in the apartment. What the hell was that? <laughs> Sometimes he sounds like a person. Yeah. I swear, he, like, comes into the room and he says, hello, like, like a toddler, and it's horrifying. That's just learned behavior, because we say hello to him all the time. (laughs) What if we had cats that made Gollum noises, just, like, shrieked like Gollum? Only if they're Sphinx cats. (laughs) Then we can have one named Smeagol and one named Gollum. Oh, dude, absolutely. The white Sphinx kitty and a gray Sphinx kitty. I, I I don't know. You can't name both of them after the same character. It's, it's Smeagol and Gollum. But I thought that they were like, it's supposed to be one entity, Norman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but still, it's a good pair of names. You can name one like Jareth. J- Jareth? Yeah. The Goblin King. <laughs> uh, a little Goblin Cat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird little grumpuses. <laughs> You can tell that we really don't have anything to talk about. I like the alliteration of Miserable Maggot. Or uh, the violent, the incredibly violent nature of I'm going to stove your head in. Yeah. Oh my god. Sam. Sam's going ham. (laughs) (laughs) Ham Ham-wise, Gamgee. (laughs) Ham-wise, Gamgee. He's done. I'm not going to sit around and wait for him to kill us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he raises a solid point. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, it, it's his duty to tell Frodo that something is going on. And he calls him a villain, very pointedly. Mm-hmm. Thanks. He's a villain. Thanks for your meta-commentary, Sam. I've been watching way too much My Hero Academia. So when he says he's a villain, I'm just like, all right. I just flash back to all those like heroes. I don't know. Right. It's weird. Shigaraki. Yeah. I was like, wait, who's he? I know who they all are. I just forget their names. 
That's fair. There's a lot of names. There are a lot of names, and there are a lot of names that sound similar. But that's why they're on the screen, like, every time you see them. Yeah, but I can't read Japanese. It's in the subtitle. Yeah, I know. Yeah, here they are. I can only read so fast. That, <laughs> you know, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like, I I always appreciate a good Gollum scream. That's that's the highlight of this for me. I would uh I would really just kind of like to hear the Wilhelm scream come out of Gollum's mouth. Just like, just, he doesn't, he just opens his mouth and it happens. <laughs> when would it have happened? Oh, oh, into when he the, falls, falls into the lava. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> just, Wilhelm scream. Of course. I, uh, I am not a video editor. That is very campy. So someone could do that. That'd be great. So it is yet to come. It is yet to come. Has Gollum fell off anything yet? Not really. Other, except for being pulled off the wall at the beginning of Two Towers, I don't really think so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> crazy, crazy, tiny, evil creature. It's That look is so good, the look he gives Sam. Mm-hmm. It's a Gollum face. It is a Gollum face. It's it, it's Gollum. Uh, Andy Serkis calls it Gollum, not Smeagol in the commentary. Oh, my bad. It's like, that, that look, that right there, that tells you that Gollum means business yeah. at this moment. Yeah. He's going to do everything he can to just drive that wedge between Sam and Frodo. Got to get rid of this horrid, fat hobbit that makes up nasty lies. <laughs> there is like a there is like a near rhyme in Gollum's line right there, too. Ne- never. Smeagol wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah. Horrid, fat, nasty hobbit or horrid, fat hobbit makes up nasty lies. Well, That's Frodo's like- pair of lines also rhymes where he's just like, we need a guide. And I need you on my side. Yeah. Little little bits of that here and there. Yeah. It makes it feel more, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Classical? Just In- little bits of rhyme, like, sprinkled into language. Because people don't generally, like, talk like that on purpose. Yeah. When it happens, it's usually an accident. But, I mean, like, from a meta sense, like, they're writing a movie. They did that on purpose. Yeah. Rhyming couplets, though, like... You think that was on purpose, or you think that that's just the way it happened? I mean, I know it was on purpose. Wait, they, right. They like, wrote it with intention, but, like... Yeah. I, I mean that, like, leaving the lines like that is definitely, like, a conscious choice. Mm. Not, like, uh, not deciding, oh, we don't want to do that, like, and maybe it'll sound cheesy. Because sometimes it does. Yeah. For sure. But when it's just, like, when it's done too much, it sounds It cheesy. calls attention to itself, for sure. Yeah. And at least with the Frodo line... That's a good thing, I think, because it, it helps, like, highlight that point of this scene. Yeah, that's fair. With the with the Smeagol line, that might be a little more of an accident because, I mean, it's not it's not really a rhyme. It's a near rhyme. Yeah. Wouldn't hurt a fly. Lies. Um, and, well, that's that's actually, it's closer to a rhyme than not. Yeah, it's, it's not like a slant rhyme or anything, but a fly to lies is close. It's almost a rhyme. But it is. It's the same syllable or the same vowel sound yeah one is just plural and one's not this doesn't that make it a near rhyme like a rhyme is supposed to be like a like a true rhyme is it ends with the same sound i honestly could not tell you because the last time i thought about um rhyming schemes was like in high school honors english so like yeah we think the last time i really like did anything with poetry was in my freshman english class in college yeah. Uh, dissecting Canterbury Tales and stuff like Shakespeare. We didn't even actually talk about Shakespeare in that class at all. What? Uh, it was uh, all stuff 
from before that period, pretty much the class oh, was about. Oh. And then a little bit of stuff from the same time period, but we didn't really talk about I think Shakespeare. I took that same class. It was um British text in context one. <laughs> well, Shakespeare's the big one. Yeah, Shakespeare is a big one. But in, in that class particularly, we didn't really talk about Shakespeare. I think we did just a little bit uh, when we got to kind of that point in history, but all the stuff in the textbook, like there was no Shakespeare in That's it. That's so weird. Uh, it was the the Norton, I think it's a Norton anthology. Was I the, love Shakespeare, dude. I mean, yeah, but I mean, in a, in a freshman college English class, right? You've, right, I guess technically this is a sophomore level class, actually. Yeah, it was a 200 level class because I had taken two AP English classes in high school. Shrug. Um, it was like English 201. I took all my, all my English classes all at the same time because I was in and out in two years. Right. Um. Humble brag. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> but no, there was like, um, there was, there, there was Beowulf in that. There was. Chaucer. Chaucer. There was some. Some other random dude. Some other stuff. What, what else was in there? I remember there? those are the big ones. Um, but when I think about rhyme in literature, I think about Shakespeare. Well, yeah, because, uh, I mean, we spend like six years of our formative years. I was aware of Shakespeare, like, because... Um, I mean, like, in an of, educational sense. Yeah, Wishbone, dude. Right, but that's like TV, but like, learning Excuse about... Excuse me, Wishbone is educational. <laughs> it's edutainment. <laughs> What's the story, Wishbone? Dude, the Romeo and Juliet one is so iconic. Yeah. I think the one that's most iconic to me, the one I always I always picture when I think Wishbone, is Ivanhoe. That's so weird. For me, um, it was... Uh, the Odysse- Ivanhoe was a dark story. Yeah, it is. I read that in high school. The, um, uh, the Odyssey. The yeah. Odyssey was on all the time. Why are there... There is strangely a lot of Wishbone episodes where the dog has to fire a bow. <laughs> Because that's know, like that, that's like the crooks of the climax of the Odyssey, right? Exactly. And then there's a Robin Hood one. <laughs> there's a Robin Hood one. Um, and there de- there has to be more. Where you, I I guarantee you, there's more where he fires a bow. There's there's too many like heroes in literature that are archers. There's a Three Musketeers one. Yeah, I remember that one. He's is he D'Artagnan in that one? He has to be, dude. D'Artagnan. <laughs> oh man, which one was the 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 bee's knees? Just like, and I have, I have like two really clear like memories from Wishbone. One is like the Ivanhoe story part of the episode. And then I, I have no idea. I, I have no idea what the real world half of that episode was. I don't even know that I've seen the Ivanhoe one. I've, I have no idea what the real world half of that episode was like. And then there's an episode where the kid that owns Wishbone finds like a time capsule in his bedroom wall. And I couldn't tell you what the story yes, half of that episode oh is God, at all. Oh my God, I remember that. And I have, I have no idea what the story half of that episode is, but I know what the, I remember it, the real um, world half. Is it um? Is it the time machine? Mayhaps it could be. I don't know because they did that one. I remember the creepy, like weird shadow children or whatever. Yeah. Have you read that? That's... Yes. There's also I can't remember. I've seen like a really weird movie from of the time machine, but I don't remember when it was made. It's a, it's a really old one, but it's still in color. Yeah. So I think it's from like the maybe the sixties. Did you ever see the Phantom of the Opera episode of Wishbone? Iconic. <laughs> Just Wishbone with the mask on? No, Wishbone is not the Phantom. No, uh, yeah, I know. He's the... Wishbone he's, is Raoul. He's Raoul. It's Raoul. <laughs> Raoul. <laughs> he's he's the hero of the story, Norman. Yeah. The Phantom is not the hero. <laughs> Wishbone is always the hero, that's true. Yeah. 
Anyway, now. But come on, a little dog with a phantom mask on and the outfit that'd be Dude, sweet. Yeah, if if Wishbone. And he's even got a spot on his face. You cover the cover it with a mask. <laughs> I'm so ugly. If what? No. <laughs> if Wishbone was, if they ever did Lord of the Rings Wishbone, it, he'd be Frodo, right? Yeah, I would think so. I want that. I want that so bad. Why didn't they do that? Right? Why didn't they? I mean, because PBS I just they didn't have the money to license it. I don't know. Oh, fair. Like pretty much everything that was all public domain. Yeah, public domain. Robin Hood, Ivanhoe, The Odyssey, yeah, Three Musketeers. All the stuff is public domain because there were reasonable copyright laws when they were written. Do you remember the spooky like Halloween one that was like Sleepy, uh, not Sleepy Hollow? What is it? Ichabod Crane. Ichabod Crane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Now I just want to watch Wishbone. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. I'm gonna do the outro so we can watch Wishbone on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. We're I think from, it's all on there. Hell yeah. We're from the website duelinggenre.com. Um, if you like stories, uh, go listen to the protagonist podcast because they talk about stories. They talk about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. A bunch of stories. I wonder, wonder if we can get them to What's talk the about story, Wishbone. Wishbone? <laughs> We've both been on there uh, mm-hmm. twice. I've been on there, yeah. Three times for me. I've only, I think I've only been on there twice, if I remember correctly. I talked about Green Lantern, and then I talked about anime. That's all, that's very on brand for you. And you were on there for the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. And uh, an episode of Doctor Who and an Edgar Allan Poe story, which is also very on brand for me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, they're really cool. Uh, we've had them on the show before. Uh, check out their show. It's a lot of fun. It's very fascinating. They're very smart. Uh, Joe's a very smart dude. Um, so listen to that if you haven't and check out some of the other ones on the site. You know where to find it, duelinggenre.com. Um, we will be back tomorrow for, uh, more Smeagol related shenanigans. I think we're done with Smeagol. Are we? Yeah. I think tomorrow we're just going to get a, a look from Sam and then oh. go to Rohan. Well, never mind. Bye.